Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. Unfortunately, my sparring partner, the Iron One, Wildress Ruffin, is not with me today. So we're going to have to do this old school throwback style, uh, just a one man show. Uh, salute to the man, Wildress. He wanted to be here, but technical difficulties prevented that from happening. Storm came through the old town and took out the internet. Internet came back up. I thought, yeah, we're on. We're good. But uh, the storm also fried his router. So that leaves your man, the voice, rolling solo today. Uh, but don't worry. Will will be back with me uh, sparring verbally soon and very soon. And we encourage everyone to uh, be on the lookout. We will be going live soon. Uh, So you'll be able to watch us live on Facebook as well as on YouTube and Twitter on Tuesdays at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Uh, So that's going to be coming up in August. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Join us live. uh, Get in this conversation uh, so that I don't have to uh, beat up on Will T all the time. Sometimes you all can throw some some jabs and hooks my way and some some spinning heel kicks and see if you can catch me with some things. All right. Let's get into headlines and hot takes. Starting off with the change in opponent for one Jake Paul. Tommy Fury, I don't know what he's been doing, but he can't get in the U.S. right now. Uh, They will not grant him a visa. He must have, he had to do something for them to say, no, we're good on you. You can stay over there. Think about it. Conor McGregor has been accused of, like, raping people. He has been on coke benders here in the U.S., you know, just all kinds of crazy stuff. He gets in the fight all the time, throwing dollies at at buses and injuring people. And he gets a visa to work here in the U.S. all the time. What did Tommy Fury do where he can't get in the U.S.? I don't know, but they're not going to let him in, at least not to fight. Maybe to visit, but not to fight. So in steps, once defeated, heavyweight boxer Hasim Rahman Jr. And... Honestly, this makes this fight a lot more interesting in my book. Here's why. One, Jake has been fighting around cruiserweight, light heavyweight. This is a heavyweight fighter. Only been defeated once. Granted, the people that he faced before uh, his defeat, which he got knocked out. But the people he faced before that didn't have winning records for the most part. Only three of them outside of uh, Tommy Morrison's son, who's the one who just knocked him out, had 
winning records. But he's still a heavyweight boxer. And he has had a decent amount of pro experience. This is going to be a true test for Jake Paul. Was I going to watch that other garbage with Tommy Fury? Absolutely not. I'm going to have to pony up for this now. Because what most people, including myself, have wanted to see is Jake get his comeuppance. It's highly probable he will get that fighting this heavyweight fighter with heavyweight knockout power. I mean, he he's uh, he's no slouch. He's no slouch, at least I should say, uh, with the people that he's fought, he's been no slouch. Did he get knocked out? Yeah, he got knocked out, but you're fighting at heavyweight. That can happen to anyone. Hey, just ask Lennox Lewis, who Hussein Rockman Sr. made his name off of by defeating. Anyone can get caught at heavyweight, and anyone can lose on any night. But this really gives me respect for Jake Paul. Before then, I really did not have a whole lot of respect for him because, as Hussein Rockman said in the press conference, you haven't fought anybody. You know, you fought MMA fighters who are not boxers. We thought Tyron had a chance. He did hurt him, but unfortunately, Tyron pulled a Tyron and he did not follow up. He's been tentative ever since that second Wonder Boy fight. He, he really has had a hard time getting out of his head and pulling the trigger. Uh, really probably needed to see if he did not. A sports psychologist, I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I wish him the best in all of his uh, legal endeavors. <laughs> not that he has any illegal ones that I'm aware of, but uh, uh, legal moral endeavors, I say it that way. But this, this is a real fight. You know, he's not fighting Nate Robinson. He's not fighting Ben Askren, who was not a striker at all. He's fighting a boxer. And not just a boxer, a heavyweight boxer. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it. Now, on another end of the spectrum, on the MMA side, newly crowned light heavyweight champ Yuri Prohaska called for a rematch with Glover Teixeira. He went online, made a statement, was like, I know who I want to fight, and I want to fight Glover Teixeira. Which makes sense. Glover is getting up there in age. He's over 40. He's like 43 or so. He's not going to have an opportunity really to fight again if it was, at least not for the title, if it wasn't an immediate rematch. You know, his shelf life is... Uh, soon to to expire so it makes sense from that perspective but from the perspective of the former champ uh jan blakovich it's like "Uh uh-uh dude you said online that i posed the biggest challenge to you you broke the code the samurai code it's like no that that's not that's not right man you should be fighting me if i'm the biggest challenge then that's who you should fight I understand Jan's position. I truly do. Because he wants to get in there. He wants to fight. If I'm the greatest challenge, then fight the greatest challenge. Why are you taking this other guy who's not the greatest challenge? Well, Yuri said that he's fighting or that he wants to rematch Glover to remove all doubt. Said the fight was way too close. Uh, He won kind of last second, which he did. I mean, snatched 
victory from the jaws of defeat and he wants to win clearly and concisely so that there is no doubt that he's champion now granted us fight fans don't see that there was any kind of 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 cloud of doubt here you know like there's no contest here you choked him out you made him tap it was a clear win uh were you losing the fight up to that point yeah you probably were but it was a back and forth fight one of the greatest title fights in the history of the ufc uh and one of the greatest light heavyweight title fights uh that there's been so it was a good fight you had your moments glover had his moments it was back and forth the whole time it's just the glover had more moments than you did until you put a stop to things so i mean moving on makes sense but i also understand why he wants to do it again Jan will get his chance he may have to sit out a little longer he may have to roll the dice and fight someone else before he can get a crack at the winner because that's not a given that Yuri's going to win again he was losing until he won so you know I, I, I get Jan's perspective you know, he thought he was getting ready to, to get another title shot and, and uh, hold the championship or possibly hold the championship again not that that cannot happen it's just going to take a little longer alright fight fans we're going to take a break and when we come back we will get into all of the fights happening on the week ending July 16th. It's the MTMV main card. All right, fight fans, we are back in the building. We're back in the place where combat happens. It's the main card. And of course, on the main card, we talk about all the important fights that are taking place on the upcoming week. And this week, we got a triple header, as has kind of been the case as of late. We've got two boxing events and one MMA card. On Friday, July 15th, we have a boxing card taking place at Pachanga Resort and Casino in Temecula, California, featuring Arnold Barboza Jr. and Danilito Zorilla. This is a fight that will be contested at uh, whichever one you want to call it, junior welterweight, super lightweight, uh, whichever one you want to use. Uh, it'll be contested at 140 pounds where Josh Taylor reigns supreme. Both of these fighters are making their come up as far as the division is concerned. Neither one of them is a spring chicken, though. Uh, Barboza is like 30 and uh, Zarilla is only a couple years behind him at 28. So they need to strike while the iron is hot because they only have a very short window of time to go. Both of these fighters are undefeated, though which makes this a very, very intriguing match. It also features Mexico versus Puerto Rico. And we know of all the different wonderful matchups that have taken place between these two boxing countries. Because it is at Pachanga, 
and Barboza is the Mexican. He should probably have the crowd on his side. Uh, he is currently ranked number six by Ring Magazine. Where do they go from here as far as who is victorious? There are a lot of different ways that this could go. Um, I was going through looking at the rankings and you got people like Sabriel Matias. That would be a really good matchup. Uh, you got Sandor Martin, who is also Puerto Rican. Not that uh, not that Zarilla won't fight another Puerto Rican because he knocked out a fellow Puerto Rican in Puerto Rico not too long ago and took their O. So, you know, it's not that that fight can't be made. You know, it just is, is kind of interesting. And then also you've got Regis Progray out there. I think really that would be the person to go for uh, for either of these fighters if they are victorious because he has the highest profile. He's had some issues recently with promotion where he's not really been getting fights and, you know, been on trail and been a number of different places. So that could be a fight that would be easy to make for uh, the matchmakers and it will be a high profile fight for them. Like I said, both of them are undefeated. Um, Barbosa is more of a technician. At least his record shows that. You know, out of the fights that he's had, he's only knocked out 10 of his opponents and he's had 26 fights. So not really a knockout uh, fighter, you know, someone who's going to get in there. He's going to bang and he's going to do his thing. On the other hand, now, granted, uh, Zarilla has had less fights, but there's only been four times that he's gone to a decision. And as far as activity is concerned, Barbosa, he's been fighting, you know, fighting uh, as often as he can fight, uh, but he hasn't stopped anyone since the pandemic where Barbosa has fought around seven times in that same time frame and has only gone to a decision twice. One of them was a technical decision and the other was a unanimous decision outside of that. Within those uh, fights that I was talking about, everybody else, he stopped. So it should be a really good test for Zarilla as well as Barboza. Whoever comes out will stay in that uh, pecking order of moving up the chain as far as 140 pound fighters is concerned. That's on ESPN on Friday, on Saturday on ESPN. You have UFC. I'm sorry, it's not on ESPN. It's actually on ABC. So UFC on ABC, the prelims will be on ESPN, but the main card will be on ABC. It's earlier in the day as well. And it's a banger. I mean, like they pulled out all the stops of this card. It's in Long Island. So there will be people uh, in the stands cheering everyone on. Uh, it is headlined by Brian T.C.D. Ortega fighting his friend. Yair Rodriguez this is a fight that they have avoided for as long as they could they knew that this fight will probably take place one day they were hoping that if and when it did it would be for a title or at least for a title shot now what Yair has heard from the UFC if he wins he'll get the next shot at Volkanovski now Yair believes that nothing is real until it's in writing and rightfully so 
but this is what he's been told. Haven't heard that that's been the same case for Brian Ortega, and understandably so. He's only one fight removed from losing to the champion, but he learned a lot in that time frame. He said that one of the things he learned most about his matchup with Alexander the Great was that even though his jujitsu has been airtight and has been his bread and butter, he still needs to drill it. He says that if he had been drilling as he needed to, then when he got Volkanovski in trouble those two times, he would have been able to finish it. He just wasn't because of some slight tweaks that he needed to make in his approach that again, had he been drilling, he would have. He'd been focused on the stand-up, understandably so. He's been rolling since he was a kid. It just comes natural to him. But he is now focused on not just improving his striking, but making sure that his jiu-jitsu stays on point. I don't think, and I really don't see the UFC giving him another title shot so quickly unless he just steamrolls Yair. That's the only way I really could see that even being a chance, or I should say there being a chance for that. And even then, I think he still would need another fight or so before he can be back in the picture in a title fight. Like I said, this card is low dead. In the co-main event, you got Michelle Waterson and Amanda Lemos at Flyweight, which this is the first time Michelle has fought at Flyweight. You got Jing Leon Lee versus Muslim Salikov at Welterweight. That's a banger. Mashnell and Sumaderji at Flyweight. That's a banger. Shane Burgos and Charles Jordan at Featherweight. That's a banger. With all these fights, what's the Voices Marquee matchup? Well, it's actually the Curtain Jerker, which pits Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. Why is this the Voices Marquee matchup? It's been said that if Misha Tate is to win this fight, that she'd be next up for the champion, Valentina Shevchenko. And it's really a crossroads fight for both of these ladies. Tate retired for nearly five years. She came back, got a victory over a retiring Marion Renault, and then got stomped in the next fight. She feels that this is the weight class she should have been at all along, and that when she was fighting at Bantamweight and then at 145, before that, she had to eat and put on a lot of weight in order to stay at the proper weight class to fight now she can just train as she wants to and doesn't have to worry about that aspect about possibly being smaller than her opponents this is a, a do or die for her this is really a last hurrah if she's not successful she was retired for five years had two kids was doing a lot of things with one championship she would probably look to go into the next stage of her career if she were to lose now she would love to get the championship or I should say win this fight beat Valentina Shevchenko and then she carry the flyweight belt while her good friend Juliana Pena carries the bantamweight title you know but those things are dreams and it can't be a reality unless you 
can fulfill that by doing what you say that you are going to do. Now for Murphy, it's a crossroads for her because she had a major health scare. She had C. diff last time she fought when she uh, fought for the championship. And she felt like, hey, um, how I feel doesn't matter. I just need to get there. If I can get there, you know, I, I can't pass up on this opportunity. I'll get there and then things will work out. And they didn't work out. You know, she was like, if I knew that I was as sick as I was, I wouldn't have fought because I'm putting everyone else at risk. C. Div is highly communicable. You know, like she's contagious. She could pass that on to someone else. And because her camp gave her some bad instructions on how to deal with it, she wound up on antibiotics for two months trying to fight this and getting nowhere. Uh, and they're the ones that were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can go. You can do this. You can be around people. And she felt, you know, horrible about that. That's the reason why this fight was canceled earlier. Uh, she was supposed to face Misha Tate on a different card, but she canceled it because she had COVID. She didn't feel well. And she said to herself, I'm not going to do this anymore. She's got a new team around her and uh, new voices in her ear, people who know a bit more about uh, the different things that she's been dealing with and she's got a new found confidence from all this she's looking to stamp herself as as a champion she wants to be a champion she wants to get back to fighting for the title and she knows especially uh, with the performance that Tyler Santos has had and that you still got Jessica Andrade out there and so many other ladies at flyweight that are starting to make moves towards uh the seemingly invincible valentina shevchenko we saw chinks in her armor last time now granted valentina uh said after the fact that she was hurt so she was not at 100 percent. but still for tyler to have the kind of success that she did against valentina is going to give a lot of women courage when going in to face her so, you know, with all that being said, you got a lot of movement and a lot of things going on at Flyweight in order to stay in that title hunt. You got to win. And that's why this is the Voices Marquee matchup. Now, the biggest fight of the weekend is a boxing match between King Rai, Ryan Garcia and Javier Fortuna. Unfortunately, like I said, my man, my uh, main sparring partner, Wildress Ruffin, couldn't be here with me. But one thing he did say was that Fortuna was talking about knocking Garcia out. Like he told Oscar De La Hoya, look, I'm going to knock your boy out. I am knocking uh, Ryan Garcia out. Hey, that's uh, that's what you want to hear your fighters say. You want to hear them say, I'm going in to knock him out. I'm going in to stop the fighter. But you can talk about all that or you're going to do it. Do you even have the uh, the ability to carry that out? I mean, now Fortuna, hey, of his 37 wins, 26 of them are by knockout. So does a Dominican pack a punch? Absolutely. You know, coming out of Southpaw stance, you know, that can be a little tricky for uh, this the up and coming Ryan Garcia. Uh, and he knocked out his last opponent in Rafael Hernandez. The issue is that he lost to Jojo Diaz, which took some shine 
off of uh, his star, you know. But you know, before that, his last three—I mean, or I should say, excluding that fight—his last three fights, he's knocked people out. He knocked out Quayle, he knocked out Antonio Lozada, and then he knocked out um, Rafael Hernandez. Doing so in the first round of a ten-round fight in February. So you know, can he do it? Yeah, he can. Uh, will he do it is the question now Ryan is like look this is my second card with or I should say my second fight with Goosen in my corner he said that he trained with Goosen as a kid so going back to him uh, was not as uh, great a departure as most saw with him leaving uh, the famed Eddie Reynoso but the, I still feel like the uh, the jury is out on that. Um, in that fight with Tago, I mean, yeah, he won, but it wasn't anything to write home about. It wasn't anything to write home about. Did he stop uh, Luke Campbell, and was he the first one to do that? Yes, he was. Uh, and was that the greatest victory he had to date? Absolutely. But for him to get the fights with the Tank Davises. And with the Lomachenkos and with the Teofimo Lopez's and with the Devin Haney's, he's got to win. And for him, he really needs to win impressively because his level of opposition has not been anywhere near the level of opposition that at least uh, Teofimo or Loma or Haney has had. Uh, fighting Tank? Yeah, that 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 actually makes sense because really neither of them have had uh, stiff competition. You know, they've all fought people who's kind of like, eh. I mean, now Luke Campbell, he he's a great fighter, and I take nothing away from him at all. I believe that was his last fight. I believe he retired after that though, so uh, that kind of shows where he was in things and. For him to lose by way of knockout, it was the second loss in a row after losing to uh, Lomachenko uh, just before that. You know, I, I understand why you know he may have bowed out. That was a good fight. He did hurt Ryan Garcia, which is a reason why Fortuna is like, look, I'm gonna knock this boy out. Anything can happen at any moment. Both fighters pack a wallop when they punch. So it's going to be who catches who first, whose game plan is the best. I can't wait. I really cannot wait to see uh, this fight and see how it turns out because you just don't know. You never know. And especially with Garcia, because he's so unproven and because he has not faced uh, high level competition. You, you, He's untested. He's unproven. But for him to be tested and proven. He's got to get in there with the best of the best to get to that step, though. He's got to be Javier Fortuna on Saturday night. All right, fight fans, that is going to be it for the main card this week. Next week, we'll be back to talk about all the uh, upcoming fights, uh, such as the, the Bellator card that's coming up. Another UFC card with Blades and Aspinall, UFC London, that's going to be major, and other great boxing cards as well. So be on the lookout for that. 
Until next time, fight the good fight.